Blog Talk Radio. Hi there. I'm Mary Eileen Williams at Feisty Side of 50 Radio, and this show is a celebration of baby boomers who are embracing life as we grow older. But we know if we want to continue to celebrate life as we grow older, we do have to take good care of our bodies, and the beginning of a new year makes for the perfect time to focus on our health. That's why today's show is going to be especially helpful and memorable, because our guest today, Kathy Richards, is an exercise physiologist, a wellness coach, and the best-selling author of Boom, Six Steps to a Longer, Healthier Life. In her work, she focuses on maximizing physical health, brain function, and energy levels for people of all ages. I'm underlining the all ages because her motto is, it's never too early and it's never too late. So, Kathy, I've had you on the show before. Everyone was so thrilled with what you shared, and I can't wait to get to hear the latest. So welcome back to the show, Kathy. Thank you. It's great to be back again. Well, I think I know I kind of put the (laughs) the hooks, my hooks into you on air last time to ask you to please come back uh, in January because this is a time of year many of us really need your counsel. A lot of us have gained weight from the holidays. All those cookies we're not supposed to eat. Okay, that's me. (laughs) Not too Mm -hmm. many, but enough. A COVID weight gain that has been hanging out there for the last several months. And then the other combination of, you know, seasonal affect disorder, what is kind of depressing in January anyway, and the quarantine blues. So you have a big, you have a big challenge ahead of you, Kathy. We do have a lot of challenges to overcome at this time. And the one thing that is interesting, though, is that because it's January, it's a time of year where a lot of people are deciding, hey, let me think about what new goals I want to set. And I'm not a big fan of the term New Year's resolutions, specifically because a lot of times that conjures up the image of something that's a little too strict, a little too all or none, and and something that doesn't typically last even until February 1st. But if we can take the good aspects of that mindset and be thinking about, hmm, it is still a, a time of renewal, a time of new goal setting. So it's great for us to talk about what we can do to be healthier in the new year. Yeah, really. I mean, it is a kind of like the excuses, oh, just, you know, one more cookie because I baked them and they're going to go stale. I mean, that's kind of done with. And we're in the middle of January. So, uh, like you say, a lot of people's New Year's resolutions are also already done with. But uh, this, is a, this is a great time. Uh, and, two, a lot of the excuses about not having time to exercise, when you're stuck home all the time, that's a little a bit of a bad one because you can always do exercises at home. Well, I'm going to stop rambling <laughs> and ask you uh, to, to, you know, tell our listeners uh, what, you know, what you recommend that we do, especially this time of year, to kind of make up for a mis- sustainable weight loss program. You know, the, the most important thing we can do to start off with is to adjust our mindset. So we tend to think about willpower, for instance, and we, we try to think that it might, so I have this class coming up um, next week that's called Willpower is a Myth, and the reason why I talk about that phrase is that whenever we're looking at changes that are going to be so big that we're going to need that word willpower, and we, like, we envision white-knuckling it and, you know, making ourselves do something, 
it tends to be something that's not probably going to stick. And we also tend to have these all or none things that are the mindset of, if I'm not going to do this, this, or this, I might as well not bother. So if we want to really successfully change those habits, the first step is to change your mindset and to tell yourself, you know what, I'm going to start doing something that's so small that I can still see myself doing it a year from now. And it might not feel like it's going to quote unquote do something, but it will if you give it time. We need to, to, to start small and stick with it rather than do something that's really over the top challenging and only stick with it for a couple days or a couple weeks. Oh, that sounds like really sage advice. And I'm thinking of years ago, my old diets, you know, I'm only going to eat 900 calories a day. Well, by day three, I was starving, and I think the term now is hangry. (laughs) Okay, well, I'll I'll just have one cracker because I'm, you know, well, that doesn't work. And Okay, I've had four crackers. I better give up for the rest of the day. And then, oh, I better give up for the rest of the week. And then, oh, I better. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I think your idea of taking very small steps can be extremely Extremely supportive. Uh, so, do you have any small steps you could recommend that we might think about starting right today, even? Yeah, I think that one of the things you can do is look at your hydration level. A lot of times, when we're hungry, we're actually dehydrated, or we think we're hungry, we're actually dehydrated. And so, we've all heard the tips about we need to drink more water. We all know we're supposed to be drinking more water. Uh, But having a specific tip to help you do it is another thing. And so what I like to do is first thing in the morning when I wake up, I drink a full 24 ounces of water in my water bottle (laughs) right when I wake up, all all just right at the same time. And I do it really early morning. In fact, sometimes I do it before I even officially get up. I might kind of, you know, wake up, go to the bathroom, drink my water, and maybe even lay back down for a bit more. And or even if it's right when I wake up, by the time I've gotten dressed and then taken my dog out and gotten to start my workout, my morning workout, I'm fully hydrated and I'm going to have more energy and be ready to, to work out better. And, um, you know, then I, I have other points of the day where I specifically am going to drink more water. So, so that's one tip. Um, another one would be, let's just say, you know, you want to change your eating habits and, and you that they're out of control or eating too many snack foods. So again, picking one tiny thing, maybe, it's changing your breakfast, you know, or maybe it's um, changing what foods you buy for your snack cabinet. Or I don't know how many of you still have snack cabinets. See, I still have kids in the house. I've got some high schoolers and my college kids are home. So I've got Pop-Tarts and Oreos in my cabinet right now. <laughs> okay. Oh. And, um, and I shouldn't even not necessarily be buying that stuff for them either, but I do, I do buy them a few of those kinds of things. And then I eat them sometimes, and so um, well, you know, fancy. <laughs> You're not perfect. <laughs> I'm Thank not. you for I'm that. Totally not. <laughs> I love I love a good pop tart. Isn't that terrible? Um, not all the time. I get in certain certain modes where I I would I would want them and not want them, and so um so if you think about what your nemesis is, don't keep it in the house. <laughs> oh, that's tip. That's another tip. 
Well, that is a really good tip because it is funny, though. I mean, moms, when the kids are little, we, if they don't finish their plate, a lot of time we'll eat it. When they get a little older, <laughs> they have to have certain – it's tough when you've got kids at home. It's really tough. But, yeah, if you're, you know, if you're older and your kids are off on their own, uh, we can uh, regulate the snack cabin. So that's another thing I was thinking. You know, when you go to the grocery store, I would assume writing a list and sticking pretty much to the list is a good idea. It is a good idea, and, you know, you do have to have, if you like snacks, if you have a sweet tooth, you should have something on your list that can satisfy you that um, is, is not going not gonna, to uh, totally break the bank. Like one of the things that I will buy that is the snack that I usually would eat would be ginger snaps, which is a, a healthier cookie, and they're tiny, and they're so spicy that you only want one or two. So if I need a little dessert after a meal, I'll have a ginger snap. Um, or two, you know, and that would be one of my things. Or there maybe there's something else that you have that that you like that's like, um, you know, that's low in calories and um, is somewhat sweet, but is is kind of like an you know in the in the okay category versus um, you know not Oreos, but but like I said, ginger snap versus an Oreos is a completely different thing and. Um, it helps me stay on track because I don't end up wanting more. What happens when you eat the super sweet things is a lot of times that just kind of sets off alarm bells in your in your body and brain that make you want more of them, whereas I can stop after two ginger snaps. If I eat two Oreos, then I want three or four. Oh, you know, that's another so really high. good point. And I know if I'm if I start say like midday eating you know high sugar high starch you know those high glycemic index foods rather than filling you up and then I might get full and you know for half an hour or so but then a couple hours later I'm just starving whereas if I eat mm-hmm. something that's more substantial you know more beans or whatever it really does uh, it, you know help to quell that hunger you know for several hours. So there really is something to that, you know, again, sugary foods make you want to eat more, right? Oh, absolutely. So what happens is that um, every time we put sugar into our bloodstream and our blood sugar level spikes, um, our body increases the insulin production to buffer the amount of sugar that goes into the bloodstream. So if you only eat a little bit of sugar and the body only puts out a little bit of insulin then everything kind of stays on the on the on the even keel but when we have something that is super sugary the body's like freaks out in the insulin production and a lot of times overshoots it so what can happen is that when your body is trying to bring that blood sugar level down it ends up overcompensating so you have so much insulin into your bloodstream that you end up with low blood sugar and that's what makes you crave the sugar again and that's what makes those cycles of up and down and up and down with your blood sugar level is that the, the sugar and the insulin are, are battling it out and you have a roller coaster effect. Whereas if you're eating things that are only moderate levels of sugar all throughout, then you end up with just you know a calm level of, of blood sugar all day long versus the highs and lows. Well, see, Kathy, and for everybody out there, this lady knows her stuff, and that does explain it so much because, uh, I've, you know, you know something about the insulin and all that, but also one thing I've heard is, too, is insulin is the fat storage hormone. Is that I, – do you agree with that, Kathy? Yeah, it is, and it's also, it's also the gatekeeper for what the, the sugar getting into our muscles, and so that's one of the reasons why exercise is so important for diabetics or pre-diabetics or for anyone who wants 
to lose weight or, or be healthy because if you are an exerciser, if you're someone who exercises regularly, then your muscle cells respond to insulin to allow the sugar into the muscles to use them for fuel. And if you're someone who's not exercising, the insulin is like, what muscle cells? Your muscle cells need, need some of this sugar? Hmm, I, I thought I was only sending it to the fat cells. So you have something called insulin resistance is something that is often goes hand in hand with diabetes where the muscle cells, they know that there's blood sugar out there in the bloodstream, but it just can't get into the muscle. Days circulating, circulating, circulating in your bloodstream. So that's why you have high blood sugar, which is how you get diabetes. If your muscle cells could, uh, could uh, you know, let the, the sugar into them, if the insulin as the gatekeeper for the muscle cells would let that insulin, I mean, let the blood sugar into the muscles, you wouldn't have the, all that sugar still floating around the bloodstream. Wow, that makes so much sense. And I've heard, of course, of insulin resistance, but I didn't realize it actually refers to the fact that the muscles resist the, the you know, the sugar coming in. I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Wow, Kathy, that's so interesting. Yeah, well, I, I, the back... to grab the sugar instead of your fat cells? I sure do. <laughs> yes, sirree. I'm afraid my fat cells have been grabbing a little too much of that stuff lately, so <laughs> this is super important. Well, kind of back to a general uh, thing. I know you talk about, you know, like, again, these small steps and some habit changes. So you t- talked about making sure we're hydrated well um, and our snack cabinet. Is there any other ha- habit you might want to share just, to, you know, briefly before we go on? I think that if you're looking at an exercise habit change, then we want to think about an exercise. If you're doing nothing right now, what's one exercise you could do that is so quick that you can't tell yourself you don't have time? I think when I was with you last month, I'm not sure if we talked about the idea of when you brush your teeth, it only takes a minute or two, so why not do either push-ups on the bathroom vanity or do a plank on the floor right after you brush your teeth? I know we talked about doing the sit to stand from your chair, but what's one exercise that you could do that would would only take a minute or two that you could add to your daily routine? Yeah, and then when you have a trigger, say like brush your teeth or something like that, then that helps your body. Well, you start to assimilate it rather; it becomes a habit rather than a have to, right? Rather than oh gosh, I got a white necklace. Yeah. Oh, that's so interesting. it makes it easy to remember and you can't, you would never tell yourself, I don't have time to brush my teeth because of two things. Number one, it's habit. And number two, it literally only takes a minute or two. So we, we tell ourselves we don't have time to exercise because we think it's going to take too long and it's a separate thing. So the fact that you're linking it to something you're already going to do and the fact that it's so short is one of the reasons why that's such a powerful strategy. Wow. And I'm thinking, too, many of us are watching way more television than we have in in months and years past. Let's start doing that chair one. You know, the commercial comes on, you do a couple of those. I mean, you won't even know it. And I bet it'll, you know, it'll really help. Oh, Kathy, you are great. Well, I know another thing, in addition to your never too early and never too late motto, you have another motto, quick wins versus quick fixes. What does that mean? (laughs) 
Well, we know about the quick fix, right? That is one of these things that we are all so susceptible to. And it's so, it sounds so appealing when we see the commercials that say you can lose 10 pounds in 10 days or, or you know, anything that sounds too good to be true where it's kind of like a Band-Aid approach where you're going to starve yourself or do something overly strict that you, that you can't sustain. And um, it's, it's just, yes, it looks like you got results, but they're not lasting. That's the quick fix. And we don't want that because smart women and smart men, we know these things don't work anymore. We're hopefully getting a little wiser when we see some of these advertisements that, that, that advertise, you know, quick results. And, they do that because, unfortunately, especially just the American mindset is one where we expect results yesterday. Like, we're like an immediate gratification society. So we're drawn to this quick fix. So instead, I like to use the term, what's a quick win? Like, what is something that is so small that you can be like, woohoo, I did it. Like, like, you actually, you know, just like drinking the water in the morning or doing the push-ups on the bathroom vanity or what's something tiny that, that's like a win that you can pat yourself on the back and say, you know what, I can be successful. And these tiny quick wins, if you have them day after day, then you're going to feel more motivated and more um, kind of bolstered to keep going versus the quick fix when you fall off the wagon after doing trying to do something that was too strict and you end up demoralized and you're down on yourself. So why not just quick wins are going to make you feel good about yourself versus bad about yourself. Speaking of that, what are you? What are your thoughts on uh, getting on the scale? I've even seen a book lately that said get on the scale twice a day. Well, what are your thoughts about that? That's a lot. Twice a day is a lot. Well, I have a couple thoughts on that. Some people just have such an emotional reaction to the scale that um, that I would recommend. Yet yeah, you don't need it. You know, you probably know if you're in a good zone for you by how your clothes fit. And, it's, and the, the, the actual number on the scale isn't the most important thing. And one of the, the ways that we can illustrate that is that pound for pound, it's really more important what your percent body fat is. If, if you, you know, you're, you could weigh a certain thing, but it could be mostly muscle. And so the number isn't, isn't, isn't always the be all end all. Um, however, we all do have that, number that we kind of know is our happy place and we kind of know we kind of know whether or not we have a lot of muscle or not on our body and we we know when when it's going in the right direction and we can benefit from the feedback so for some of my clients and I actually have phases where I do this myself where I actually do recommend getting on the scale every single day because Uh um, it can desensitize you to that number like you know it's just okay you you see what it is and then it um, and then you can you can impact it in small ways before it gets out of hand. Sometimes when you have your head in the sand and you, you know it's going in the wrong direction and you don't weigh yourself for so long, then next thing you know it's 10 pounds later. Um, but if emotionally speaking, if you see a certain number and it makes you head for the Oreos, then maybe <laughs> – then maybe the scale isn't a good thing to do frequently. So there's really not a one-size-fits-all answer about the scale. Well, that is so helpful because, uh, yeah, I have both of those. Some days I can just go, oh, it's just feedback. And other days I go, oh, no, I gained half a pound ahead for the ice cream or something. I don't know. You know mm-hmm. All is lost. I better go. Mm-hmm. Oh, gosh, Kathy. Well, I want to make sure before we go on, you are offering a wonderful master class coming up on Tuesday, January 19th. So tell our listeners a little bit about that and uh, how they might be able to sign up, et cetera, et cetera. 
Yeah, so my master class is called Willpower is a Myth, and the subtitle is um, Three No-Nonsense Strategies for Smart Women Who Want to Shape Up and Slim Down. So I do like to talk to smart women because, you know, if we're, if we're still in the silly mindset of we're looking for results yesterday, I mean, then there's not much I can do to help you really <laughs> if that's what you're looking for. But if, if you're at the point where you know you want, you want the real stuff, you want to know what you really can do. So that masterclass is Tuesday, January 19th at 4 p.m. Eastern. And you can sign up for that by going to kathyrichards.net forward slash 2021. And Kathy is with a C. And I know that you're going to probably put it in your show notes as well, the, the link to that. So you can sign up for that. Um, and I would love to have you. It's going to be live. So I'll be talking about this. I'll also be talking about my new program that's kicking off um, in 2021. That's a 30-day program. And um, I'm going to have a live Q&A. So you can ask all the questions you want on that night as well. Oh, Kathy, that is so wonderful. And also, I have to say, your book, I've I've had it now for a few months. I turned back to it. And actually, talking about this and those couple of pounds I want to work on, I'm going back to Boom, Six Steps to a Longer, Healthier Life. So any any tips you might want to share from your book while, while we're on the line here? Yeah, well, my book, it's available on Amazon. And it is the, the thing about the, the whole philosophy behind, behind Boom is that there are levels of exercise and there are two tracks of exercise. So if you're someone who has health concerns or mobility concerns and only seated exercise is right for you, then, then there's a track for that. And if you're someone who, who has um, more kind of wants to do something that's a, a little more strenuous, then there's, there's possibilities for that too. So we don't want to ever put ourselves in a box and say, I can't do this or I shouldn't do that because there's something for everyone, and that's my main message in Boom is that we that small changes can add up to really meaningful results, and that we just we can't afford not to. We got to get away with all those excuses of why um, why it's 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 not applicable to me because we all we all need to do that. And weight training specifically, I love to talk about weight training with women, and that's what Boom is all about. Both the book. And the program that I'm starting is that, you know, weight training for women is the bomb. We, we need it. Absolutely, and I will add one more caveat to that, especially as we get older, because there's something I call, I've, the word I learned a, little, a couple of years ago, is it sarcopenia? Yeah. Which, yeah, sarcopenia. which is, I'll let you t- say, the, the expert. <laughs> Sarcopenia is, is really just basically our muscles getting smaller and weaker over time. So as we age, most people, especially women, but most people experience muscle loss as we age. And the good news is that it's not part of the physiological aging process. Sarcopenia, which are, when our muscles get smaller and weaker, is due to the gradual inactivity that typically comes with aging. So when you find yourself having trouble getting out of a chair without using your hands to push off, then you know your legs have already suffered some sarcopenia. You've had some muscle loss in your legs. And we need to reverse because the muscles will respond. You can build those muscles back up. And all you need to do is do strength training exercise to get stronger again, to either ward off or start replenishing those muscle strength that you've already lost. 
Wow, Kathy, and I know our listeners can tell this lady knows what she's talking about, and she's a very helpful, kind spirit. So I appreciate your time so much, Kathy. Do you have any final thoughts you'd like to leave with our audience before we have to close? Just that I hope you you find me um, either at my website, KathyRichards.net, or come follow me on Facebook or Instagram if you're on either one of those social medias at Inspiring Vitality because I do have more tips to share, and I would love to connect with your listeners because if you're one of Mary Eileen's followers, then, then you're, you already like the same stuff I like, <laughs> and uh, oh. I would love to connect with you. Well, thank you. And also, uh, we do want to remember that master class, and again, it's called Willpower. Is that, Please tell me again. Willpower is a myth, and it's at kathyrichards.net forward slash free. Oh, wait, now that's, Ooh, my, that that's my cheat sheet on three reasons you're struggling to, to lose weight. I, I'm sorry, the master class is kathyrichards.net forward slash 2021. Sorry. Ooh. That sounds great. Well, Kathy, you have inspired me. I'm going to go get in and start uh, jumping up and down. Well, not jumping up and down, getting up and down from the stairs, the chair. If I start jumping up and down on the chair, I might need surgical help. But, Kathy, this has been a blast and so helpful. Thank you for your time and all that information and those great tips. I'm glad to be here again. Best wishes to you. Well, best wishes to you, too. And for all you listeners out there, remember, check out Kathy's website. Sign up for the master class coming up on Tuesday, January 19th. We forgot to mention it's free, right, Kathy? Oh, yeah, it's free. And also, if you're listening to this after January 19th, head on over to that webpage anyway because I'm going to um, swap out for the probably the replay would be there you can listen to or just how you can um, follow up and get similar information even after January 19th. Okay, great. Well, I know a lot of us will be doing it there. And also check out her copy, uh, her book, Boom, Six Steps to a Longer, Healthier Life, uh, because both the book, the class, well, all, and her website, all of the information you're, you're going to hear from Kathy is going to give you a lot of motivation and a real focus on what you need to start your new year off right. And, boy, a lot of us need some extra help this year. We've been through a lot, I have to say. But while you're at it, don't forget get to go out there and show the world just how feisty and fit a woman over 50 can be. This is Mary Eileen Williams at Feisty Side of 50 Radio. I'll catch you next time. Bye-bye.